Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are, that you are great and good and faithful. And God, this morning, I pray that you'd open our eyes to see you and open our ears to hear your words. And would you open our hearts for your Holy Spirit to form and shape us into your image for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. As a kid, I loved being barefoot, right? Playing or running in the dirt or grass. Especially I loved jumping in puddles without shoes on. Anyway, I still kind of like to do that. Or stepping on leaves in the fall, right? That crunch in October or November is just like so satisfying. Anyone else intentionally step on leaves? No? Okay. Right, I, I, I loved not wearing any shoes. Anyone else like that as a kid? Or, or maybe you're still kind of like that. When, when the snow finally melts, hopefully here in about six months or two, sorry, I don't speak that over us. Right, the, the green grass just kind of beckons you to walk on it without shoes when you've been wearing socks and boots for months. Or anyone, when you go to the beach, you just kind of dig your feet into the sand um, and it's just, it's just what you do. It feels good. There's something about it that's calming and anchoring and settling. And there's actually a term for this experience. It's, it's called grounding. And grounding is when you walk barefoot or lay on the ground or put your hands on the earth's surface. And the electrical current actually from the earth, I know it sounds weird, stick with me. And as a result, you pick up electrical energy from the earth's surface. And there's actually some studies being done that shows that it reduces inflammation, gives you antioxidants, and helps your mood. And also in the travel community, it's a popular way to overcome jet lag as well. And so now before you write me off as weird or a little out there or maybe a little too much like Aaron Rodgers, that's a select joke. I don't know if you guys will get it, but a few. But grounding may do those things. But here's what I know for sure that grounding does. Or maybe we should just call it stopping and taking a breath. It helps keep you in the present moment and helps reorient you to the here and now. It takes you from the overwhelming anxieties of the future and helps anchor you in the place you are right now. And so as we start this morning, I actually want us to take a couple of deep breaths together before we go any further. So we're going to do that. Breathe in. Now, breathe in. And out. After those deep breaths, where are you? It's the question God asked Adam and Eve, and they're hiding. And it's the question He asks us. Where are you? How would you answer that question in this moment? This question is, is first a question about geography, a physical place. 
Because if you want to be known, which is the hope of this series, is that we are known by God and others, you must first be in the physical place you are. To be known, your body can't be in a physical location and your mind and heart somewhere else. For instance, have you ever driven anywhere and when you arrived to that place, you asked yourself, how did I get here? Like you just don't even remember driving. You were physically driving, but your mind was completely elsewhere. One that's just really frightening to think about. But I wonder if that's our experience on most days. We get to the end of our day and we ask ourselves, what just happened? That was just kind of a blur. And you realize that you were not present for most of your day. And the practice of grounding helps put us in a place. The place we are in the present moment with the people who are there. But often our shame about the past or the speed of our present or the dreams and desires and hopes of the future prevent us from being present in the place we are. It prevents us from answering the question, where are you? And so throughout our Godspeed series, and particularly this morning, I hope we can truly begin to answer that question. Where are you? Because to be known is to answer that question. To be known is to be present in the place you are with the people that are there. So to help us answer that this morning, let's open our Bibles to Exodus chapter 3. And as you turn there and as it gets put on the screen, let me just set the scene for you. At the end of Genesis, in the beginning of Exodus, God's people, Israel, are enslaved in Egypt. But they keep growing and multiplying. And with Israel growing so large, Pharaoh, the political and military superpower in Egypt, began growing uncomfortable. Because Israel, they were the ones who were sustaining Egypt's economy and infrastructure. And Pharaoh was worried if they kept getting too big, they were going to revolt against him and everything was going to be lost. So Pharaoh decided to subdue the Israelites by taking three steps. First, he made them work harder. They kept growing. And then he, he said to all the midwives of the Hebrews to kill the male baby Hebrew boys. And they didn't do it. And then finally, Pharaoh says, you know what? Anyone in all of Egypt should kill any Hebrew baby. But then there was a Hebrew baby named Moses that was born. And he was protected by his mother and he was found, rescued, and raised by Pharaoh's daughter. And Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house. And one day he witnessed a Hebrew being beaten by an Egyptian. And he responded by killing the Egyptian. And then Moses ran to Midian. He ran away. And that's where we'll pick up this morning. Exodus chapter 3, I'll read for us verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. 
Now Moses was shepherding, was keeping his flock. If we were to translate that into our context, it would read, now Moses was going to class. Now Moses was eating in the commons. Now Moses was doing the dishes. Now Moses was putting his kids to sleep. Moses was doing his job. He was shepherding his flock, going about his ordinary day and his normal routine. The routine and job he'd had for about 40 years. This was just an ordinary day to him. And then listen to what happens next, verses 2 and 3. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Moses, going about his normal day, and the angel of the Lord shows up. God shows up. During the ordinary rhythm of Moses' day, God shows up. During the mundane practices of Moses' day, God shows up. While Moses was keeping the flock, God appeared to him. Are you catching the emphasis here? God shows up in the ordinary, everyday, and mundane pressures, practices, and places of life. And we see this all throughout scripture. God shows up to call the prophet Samuel while he's sleeping. David is anointed king after he was doing his job as a shepherd in the field. And Jeremiah was still in the womb when God showed up and called him. And the same is true for you and me. God shows up in the place we are. God shows up in the place we are. I wonder though, are you, am I present in the place we are? Or are we living in the shame about the past and consuming our minds with all of our would-haves and should-haves and could-haves? Or maybe your thing's not the past, but it's, but it's living in the future, wishing you were somewhere different, doing different things with different people. Right? You might just be sick of this cold weather and you just can't be here anymore. Or maybe you just want a different restaurant option that's not pizza. Can I get an amen? Or maybe you just want a hill, not even a mountain. You just want a hill that's not snow. Sorry, this hits too close to home. Or you might imagine what a true community or different friends might really look like. Or maybe you want a job that's less time-consuming and more fulfilling. Or you just might be moving too fast and doing too many things to even reflect on the past or imagine your future. And you certainly don't have time to be aware of the present. But Dort, God is here. God is in the place you are. And right now, you're at Dort University in Sioux Center, Iowa, in the BJ Hahn or online. You are working here or going to school here. And you might be here for the next 20 years or four years 
or maybe just this semester because you're going to graduate or you're thinking of transferring. But no matter how long you will be here, you're here right now in this place. And God is in the place you are. Well, are you sure, Sam? Because it doesn't feel like God is here all the time. How can we know God is here? How can we become aware of God's presence in the place we are? Let's look at verse 4. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. Let's stop there. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. This might be the best line of the text this morning because it reveals the grace of God. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, it, it does not say when God saw that Moses no longer experienced shame from killing an Egyptian or running away from his problems for 40 years. It does not say when God saw that Moses was fully content with being a shepherd in Midian for the rest of his life. It doesn't say when God saw that Moses had given him his full heart and attention. No, the text says when God saw that Moses turned aside to see. It says when God saw that Moses looked up. It says when God saw that Moses was able to briefly lay down the pressures of his job and daily responsibilities. It says when Moses was able for a moment to quiet the lies and whispers of the enemy. When he was able just for a second to look up. God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. God called him by name. And this is good news for us. God is present in the place we are. He is here now. And the way that we become aware of his presence is not perfection or the absence of shame. It's not a perfect plan for the future, and it's not 100% contentment with the place we are and the people in our life. That is a good goal. I'm just not sure it's fully possible this side of heaven. And it's not in saying no to everything either. The way to become aware of God's presence is to give him ours, even if just for a moment. Even if all you can muster up is just a look up or to the side, the way we become aware of God's presence is to give him our presence, our attention. It's to turn aside to see, to see all that God is doing here and now, to see all God is doing in your life and in the life of others and on this campus and in this community because God is here. God is present in the place we are. And when we give God our presence, we can see his. When you give God your presence, the shame of the past and the idealistic dreams of the future fall from your eyes and you can see God clearly in the place you are right now.
And again, you might be sitting here thinking, yes, this is great. I want that. I want to give God my presence, but it's just so hard. I have no, there's too much to do. There's too much going on. There's stuff I got to figure out. That's fair. Those are valid thoughts. Those are realities that we're all swimming in. But let's look at how Moses responds after he turned aside to see. I'm going to read verse 4 again. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Here I am. Moses was a murderer. He said to God, here I am. Moses ignored and avoided his sin and problems for 40 years. He said to God, here I am. Moses was probably embarrassed that he went from royalty in Pharaoh's house to a shepherd in Midian. And he said to God, here I am. Moses didn't have a people or a community. The Israelites feared him and the Egyptians were hunting him and they wanted him for murder. He was alone and he said to God, here I am. Moses in that moment decided to come out of hiding and be known. Moses decided to answer the question, where are you? By saying, here I am. All of me. My sin and shame and regret, my success and my joy and my dreams for the future and my desires for the present. Here I am, God. Moses accepted his place and that gave birth to his presence. So, how do we give God our presence? We gotta come out of hiding. We must answer the question, where are you? With the response, here I am, God. Here I am in all my fear and doubt and shame and anxiety. Here I am in all my grumbling and complaining and regret. Here I am, all of me. To give God your presence you must come out of hiding. And to come out of hiding, you must accept the place you are. You must accept the place you are, even if you are ashamed of it or embarrassed by it. We must accept the place we are, even if we want to be somewhere different. Because accepting your place gives birth to your presence. Accepting your place gives birth to your presence, your presence to God and your presence to others. And we, we see this in scripture, or we see the opposite of it. If you go back to the sin in the garden, part of the problem was that Adam and Eve wanted to be something they weren't. They wanted to be in a place they weren't. They wanted to be like God, to know both good and evil. And they could not accept their place in the garden the limits God put on them. Their place is creature rather than creator. And what did they do? They ate the fruit and went into hiding. Their presence was gone. For 40 years, Moses hid 
rather than accept the reality of what he had done and the place where he was, his presence was hidden. So let me ask you, do you find it hard to accept the place you are? Physically, right? Maybe just this location where you are. Do you find it hard to accept where you're at relationally with the friends you have and the family you have and the people in your life? Do you find it hard to accept the place you are spiritually? You want to be somewhere different and you're not sure how. Is it hard to accept the place you are emotionally or mentally? Do you find it hard to accept the place you are? I know for me, I found it hard to accept for a long time. I came to Dort four and a half years ago um, with the mindset that this was going to be temporary, two years at the most. This was going to be a layover for me and my family to get me where I really want to go, to finish seminary, to pastor a local church in a warm post-Christian city, Basically, I wanted to be like all the celebrity pastors I listened to. And to be honest, it has not been until the past 10 months that I've gotten rid of that temporary mindset. And I've realized that for three and a half years, I lived here not accepting the physical place God put me. And you know what? I wasn't fully present. I didn't root myself in community. I didn't think about campus ministries with the future in mind because I didn't think I would be here. I didn't give myself fully to a local church and a people because I thought I would be gone. My presence was hidden and I was thinking about what was to come, where I wanted to be in the future, who I wanted to be in the future, rather than give my attention, my presence to God and others right where I am. Or accepting your place gives birth to your presence. Your presence to God and your presence to others. Accepting your place makes you aware of God and your daily and ordinary life. And just like God called out Moses, Moses, he is calling your name too. Sam, Sam, Jeremy, Jeremy, Carter, Carter. Grace, Grace, Annika, Annika, there's like 12 of you, so I have to. What is your response when God calls you by name? How will you respond? How will you answer? And my deep hope is that you will respond by saying, here I am, God. Here I am in the place you put me. Here I am with the people around me. Here I am in my deepest shame and struggle. Here I am with all of my success and joy. Here I am with my biggest dreams and hopes. Here I am, God. I'm coming out of hiding. And I know it can be frightening to respond that way. Because it's vulnerable to be known where you are as you are. Here's the good news and what I want to end with. I want you to know that God is always present and there is always grace. Jesus says it like this in the book of Revelation. He says, here I am. I'm right here and always will be. You can come out of hiding. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone 
If anyone opens the door, if anyone comes out of hiding, if anyone says, here I am, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. If anyone says, here I am, I will extend grace and compassion. I will welcome them and forgive them and encourage them and equip them and support them and be with them. That's good news. So Dork, come out of hiding. Even if it's just a quick peek. Even if you're not fully ready to come out of your hiding spot completely, just turn aside to see and begin to say, here I am. 